0: Can I get going? Is it there on us o'clock yet? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Oh man. All right, so I feel that when I tweeted out we can resist temptation no longer, I might not have been speaking
1: for both of us. I feel oh, like Oh no, I have been I so you I mean, Brian, you do all the heavy lifting around here, such as we have heavy lifting. And you've come up with with a lot of great topics. And honestly, like I've been listening to the Carry You uh, new podcast and thinking about a lot and I and I try to kind of hold up by end of the bargain, and I kept on coming back to, let's talk about their notes. But can we? Like, is that is that in our lane? Is that oh, too far out of our we lane? Can.
0: <laughs> we can, and in fact, we must. Exactly. Okay, exactly. so you obviously... I mean, I feel like everybody read Bad Blood so quickly after... I mean, you read Bad Blood, obviously, when I came Yes,
1: yes, yes. How long did it take you to read? I mean, like 15 minutes. I, mean, <laughs> I couldn't put it... I couldn't put it down. It was simply... And, and, and as I recall... I was also I can't remember when did that come out. 2017, 2018? Okay, okay, okay. Because uh, I was driving down Page Mill uh, pretty frequently at that time period, and I won't go into the detailed reasons why. But passing by Theranos on like a pretty regular basis, um, which which made it a little more delicious. Oh,
0: that makes it much more delicious. Even yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like watching all the cars, like watching the car- parking lot go from packed to not so packed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I've been passing it for years. I mean, there was a time when I was, uh, you know, on a d- daily basis driving down to, you know, three blocks away from there.
0: So I, had, well, a, I think, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of talk about here. I had this idea that I wanted to have uh, my former housemate, Tim, and longtime friend join us. You know Tim, Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so uh, I, Tim and I went to school together. We lived together. We shared a house with some sketchy roommates um, in Menlo Park for, for many years. Um, and the, the, Tim is a biomedical engineer. Uh, and Tim works in this parallel Silicon Valley that I feel w- we don't necessarily see that frequently, namely the biotech Silicon Valley that very much exists out here. And I feel like we don't really see that that much in part because they are not self-aggrandizing assholes generally or they seem to. (laughs) like you know what i mean like i just feel no totally i I, I just feel like they are and and like so i had this idea that like tim could could join our 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 twitter space and so so and and tim's got a doctorate in biomedical engineering he works for abbott labs currently um and i was kind of running this by him and he's like yeah i don't not really on Twitter. It was just like one of these things. Like I need to stop talking. I'm going to embarrass myself. But have you tried to explain Twitter Spaces to someone who's not on Twitter?
1: No, but no, no. I've, I, we've talked about this in the past about how. The, I mean, the close analog is like a it's like a conference call with like a bunch of listeners, and like it doesn't sound that sexy. Right,
0: and Tim's like, don't you have like a company and a family? Like, why are you are you choosing to do this or someone making you? Do-? I'm like, no, no. All right, look, this is not working. But the the. It, the fact that like Tim's got the self-control to not be on Twitter is exactly why we don't we don't necessarily. And you know what? And this is like this is all you need to know about Tim. Tim and I both lived again with these sketchy roommates, one of whom, and you met my those uh, anyway. The <laughs> one of whom definitely enjoyed trolling us. Um, she was maybe 20 years older. Uh, she had a bunch of social mores, and she had a hard time. Anyway, the, the so the, the difference between Tim and me is I remember vividly we're in the kitchen, and she's like, you know, I've been thinking. I really think that, that science really is like a religion, like any other religion. <laughs> and why don't we treat science like a religion? And I'm like, have self-control, have self-control. And Tim, the difference between Tim and me is I can't leave that alone, and Tim is like, good night, everybody. It's
1: like – Huh, never thought of it that way. Well, whatever. <laughs>
0: Good night. And I'm like, I can't extricate myself from this conversation that I know I shouldn't be in because doing so. It's, but I do feel that there is this other side of of the biotech Silicon Valley, the 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 genentech, the I mean, there's and, and tons of companies. I mean, PCR was invented in Silicon Valley, right? We don't mm-hmm. and. So I don't think we've got a very good insight into that. So I, I definitely want to get into that. I don't know if 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 folks are are in uh, in biotech, but maybe Cole, I thought maybe you could kick us off with the link that you posted, which I thought was mesmerizing. Maybe you could give some more context around uh, Larry Gold. I thought that was a really interesting uh, talk he was giving.
2: Yeah, totally. So that's the uh, the Gold Lab Symposium in Boulder. Um, connection there was. My ex, uh, her dad was actually like they one of the early system architects that did a lot of their computer systems for the company. Anyway, so um, they <laughs> had been working for like over a decade, were like really hard on the science to try and make these assays, basically, diagnostic assays, and had made some progress, but, you know, it's hard. And then Theranos kind of came and, like, was, like, eating their hype lunch. You know, suddenly they were, like, kind of in the same space and claiming just truly incredible uh, results and kind of made them look a little bit bad. (laughs) Anyway, so they were kind of watching this and saying, man, how are they doing this? You know, how could this be possible? Like, their science must be incredible. And then it turns out it wasn't. (laughs) And uh, they were justifiably kind of vindicated that their kind of like long road approach, you know, Larry Gold often talks about, you know, needing to work on things like for a good 20 years, uh, kind of in the space to really like make big societal changes. And so this kind of like Johnny come lately kind of approach, raising tons of money and then kind of seeing that they definitely had some uh, schadenfreude, I guess of seeing them fail so it was kind of an interesting thing
0: so yeah and i think it's it's a, there are a bunch there's a bunch of in that's interesting um one is that this idea that i mean science takes a long time and hard problems take a long time and they also require a lot of people like it's not s- single people it's really hard for a single person to be and I I feel that like that is not something that is well understood outside of these domains I feel like we give people the impression that kind of like single people move the world forward and from a technical and scientific perspective and I'm not sure how accurate that is
2: I think a lot of times in scientific things I mean you look at like their papers and whatnot and there'll be you know 10 like primary researchers and that's just like how many people it takes to make a interesting progress in a lot of the kind of medical and like, you know, biological sciences. So it is, it is it does feel very starkly different from computing and frankly startups uh, around computing. But I, I don't think, see,
0: so here's what I wonder is I don't think computing is all that different in that regard and that it like, it takes a lot of people to solve a hard problem. And I think there's a danger Whenever we give people the impression, the kind of the, the the lone inventor, I think is a really dangerous impression to give people.
2: For sure, kind of that like myth of the uh, whatever you know, kind of the, the yeah, this
1: this cult of the hero entrepreneur,
2: the hero, the hero programmer, yeah,
1: the, yeah. The, yeah.
0: And I think it, and it's because when we give people that that misperception that it is kind of single individuals, then you don't do your homework when you have this single plausible sounding individual. I mean, you're, you're kind of like, you, there's a degree to which you've been immunocompromised to people telling lies. If you're going to believe that single people um, are able to advance science.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, kind of, uh, it reminds me of kind of like Linus Torvalds and kind of some people like this where we kind of kind of think like, well, they invented it all out of nothing. Like there was nothing and suddenly there was Linux and it's, uh, it's not true. It's always really building on other things, um, but we can definitely kind of get caught up in these like cult of personality. We kind of like, we would want one singular person to kind of lay our praise on almost.
0: We do. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we, we, we do seem to have like a bias for it and I can understand like the, the I mean, these charismatic I mean, this is where, like, this is the danger of charisma. Charisma can get people to do, can get people to believe things, which is great, but is also really dangerous when what they're believing is just wrong, is 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 just not supported by the science. So, how is so it cool, did you encounter Theranos before this whole thing broke? Had, had you? No. Okay. So you? No, not at all. Because definitely the folks that I knew that had – I mean, it was definitely on a list of companies that drive scientific people nuts because – and it's not the only one, <laughs> I would like to say. So, I, I mean, I do you have like a list of these? Because I, I do have like a list no, of companies. No. Okay. So do you remember Ubeam? beam Oh, no. Ubeam beam was going to do charging of – batteries via ultrasound.
1: Wow. Okay. Is that a thing? <laughs> no. Like it's not a thing. <laughs> no.
0: It's like, and this is just like, look, like, you know, I'm a software guy, but come on, this is odd. Like, no, that doesn't
3: make any sense. <laughs> wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait, 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 Brian, say that again.
0: You heard correctly. The, the this is the, the, the premise was, well, and, and I think, and again, it's this kind of like convenient idea that like, boy, I don't want to, plug my device in. So wouldn't it be great if I could charge my device from across a room? And it's like, um, um, okay, okay, but... Wait,
3: wait are, are you sure that's charging or is that detecting charge state? I... Because um, my, my my older brother, who, who you know well, um, he works for, uh, for a battery company. And I used to work for an ultrasound company. Ah. And we actually had someone come in and propose Don't make me the do ability this. to to test start state <laughs> with ultrasound, which actually makes sense.
0: Okay, I, I feel like the messenger is about to be shot at here. So I just like, as the messenger, I want to say that, no, I am not misrepresenting it. What they actually okay. wanted to do, and if you look into this company, they, they, I mean, it's, they have realized that it doesn't work. But after having raised tons of money.
3: <laughs> what, what was the name of this company? Ubeam,
0: lowercase u. u
3: so like microbeam
0: yeah. i guess i'm not sure what the mm-hmm. and, yeah. okay then uh don't i get another one for you uh you Biome. do you remember them
1: <laughs> no man you've been hanging around some okay yeah areas. okay
0: yeah no this is i am okay now wait a minute i am not the only one am i do i collect these now i am being I'm, i've got a list of these too <laughs> like we're not even you don't remember you Biome? No. Okay, these are the people that were going to take uh, stool samples. I don't mind. I do remember this. Okay, I thank God. God. I was like, just on describing nope, it, I'm like, no, nope, nope okay, now I'm going to really Was set that notes. a dream?
1: No, I remember.
0: And they just totally crooked. 100%. Yeah, they crooked.
2: shut down insurance fraud, it says.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, just 100% crooked. And same kind of thing where they what they were trying to do was like, you know, there is there are actually established industries that do this. And you're being kind of willfully ignorant of them because you because you find the constraints of the problem inconvenient. And then you manage to raise a lot of money on it, which is the real, that is the kind of the, the, the shocking thing. And, you know, I, I do feel that, like the, the the challenge, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but like, I feel like to really innovate, the the challenge is that you need to balance the world as it is with the world as it isn't. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do. I, I saw something of, of uh, scientific inventions kind ask, of being asked about science fiction. And the quote was saying, uh, nothing's ever been invented that no one imagined first. So, like, having that imagination of what, what could be is certainly important. But, but you're right, it needs to be moderated by some dose of reality.
0: Well, you almost have to be like overcorrect on reality when you, especially when the vision is compelling, you've got to like, now we need to really go to reality and we we need to be more, even more reality focused. And I think that is, when well, these companies, they lose that tethering with reality or they worse, I think in Theranos' case, they, they suppress those who do understand the reality. I mean, are or, or just, um, I mean, I, I don't know, Adam, did you have so- any... Uh, so I certainly know that that uh, my wife I think was a little bit frustrated when I was reading Bad Blood because I was exclaiming so frequently while reading it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I, I I had the same kind of visceral reaction to that, and and I think in particular some of the um, you know the imagineering that went into it, the uh, you know because Theranos didn't start as this pinprick testing, it was. A patch that you'd slap on and it would diagnose and cure you, and it, it was it was almost you know childlike in its <laughs> in its sort of like fantastic view of what could be.
0: Yeah, I guess I'd forgotten that 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 oh, was gonna, yeah.
1: it was a patch.
0: Oh.
1: It, it was a curing patch. I want one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a curing patch. Um, oh
4: my
1: you know, God. And, and, and and it's like how hey, many man, that
4: people. Neat. How many people are actually working in the Valley with uh, theory of innovation versus theory of science? Because I know in my studies in Europe, we had a lot of theory of how to take something existing and basically innovate on that.
0: Yeah, I do think, and maybe this is what you're getting at, that I, I think that, Oftentimes, there's this idea of like we are going to destroy the old way of doing it, and the experts are wrong. It's like, well, that may just be why they call it, they're called experts. Actually, um, they're, they're actually the experts are not actually wrong. And one thing I've been haunted by, Adam, is the you know a couple weeks ago um, we had um, Zach G. Pascal Zachary talking about this East Coast versus West Coast thing, and whether. And these were like the, the East Coast companies were really like grounded in making real things. The West Coast companies were kind of like flighty basically. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've always got to feel myself as really like grounded, but I've been out in the West Coast for my career. Like, am I in the wrong coast? I you know, I they I don't know, maybe I'm
4: No, I mean I think think there is uh, something like would you I mean when you My study it? material in sorry, in my study material I've seen a lot of whenever it was about innovation at the somebody's wrong it was all about the business process is wrong it was never about the technology is wrong if i see somebody go the science is wrong it's usually like 20 to 30 years until they have proven it enough to actually claim what is actually wrong this is what i have kind of seen in my study material
5: I, I think that there's there's something there's a connection there between West Coast culture and science um, so I, I used to hang out in the Berkeley lab cafeteria with students summer students who would come in the summer and they would spend two or three months at at the university lab working in somebody's lab on some kind of scientific experiment and I'd ask them, you know what is it like compared to Italy or Germany or wherever you came from and um, invariably they'd always tell me the same thing which is, In Europe, you have to conclusively prove that what you want to do is not going to fail. Whereas what is awesome, what I'm finding awesome to be here, you know, in Silicon Valley is the attitude is try it. If it fails, that's okay. Um, I guess that's the other side is, is there is an advantage to that risk appetite, but obviously it goes wrong sometimes.
0: It, it, no, that's a very good point. There's totally an advantage that risk appetite. And I think that the, you know, I think it's a very good point too, about like w- when people are trying to disrupt the the science versus trying to disrupt organizations or businesses or, or, or what have you. I mean, I think it's actually just on points. I mean, with, you, with what you're saying, the, I was reading a quote from the inventor of PCR, the, the, um, and polymerase chain reaction, which is, like, extremely important, very big breakthrough. And he was a big advocate of, like, that, that the breakthrough came from playing around it more than – and that he never would have gotten kind of funded for kind of rigorous inquiry into this because it was something that was not
4: something that people really thought to be possible. On a side note to this, we had in studies, like, I've studied in Europe, so we had, as an innovative school, really extensive psychological training how failing can be a good thing to the point where we had classes on things like improv theater and so on. And,
0: which I think is great, but it's like the, the objective is ultimately not failure. You know? I mean, it's like I, I do feel that we, we need to somehow be unafraid to experiment. And unafraid of the social consequences of that failure, but at the same time, we need to actually like if we want to make this stuff real, we need to understand why
1: technically it's not working. And well, I, I, you're getting into the the fake it or you make it. Well, until you make it, aphorism, right? I mean, that, I think that's kind of at the crux of it. Is is how long you're able to uh, kind of kind of maintain that optimism and paint that picture of what could be, like the the imagination, but then moderated by reality and, and when you call it quits when you say actually we're not achieving this goal uh and that becomes a lot harder when you've got a billion dollars behind you betting that it's going to work
0: right it's so, all right so adam that's the question so do you i mean do we need to fake it until we make it is that somehow endemic in innovation
4: you know i mean the, the, not not necessarily there the point is what you want is the positive psychological effect of not getting absolute anxiety if things fail. Like, I've seen the opposite effect of people where it's a culture, the opposite culture where people really get anxiety when you try to make something new. So how can you combat the anxiety without trying to fake it?
0: Yeah, I think that that's it. Sorry, Adam, you were saying about...
1: Oh, just, just, you know, I think it's, it's so tough because, you know, uh, you know, fake it and, and make it are, are such absolutes in a sense, but then, um, you know, in all of these conversations, you know, whether, you know, at, at Oxide or at previous companies I've been in, there is always that selling the vision, right? Going to customers and not telling them strictly what you have, but also how, what you could build and, and how yeah. that would work, uh and And is that faking it? You know it, it's clearly not making it. you haven't made it yet. Yeah, so
0: I um, so my view on that is like we've got to be completely we anyone, oxide anyone, you just gotta be completely transparent about where you are and where you aren't, even if that's delivering not the, the the problem is people want to hear that you're done, right? Or you've had the breakthrough, and that's not always the case or often not the case. And I feel that you you've got to be transparent about where you are and where you're not. And I definitely, it would simply really occur to me that you would do anything else. I just feel that, like, because of despite its other faults, Sun was always relatively honest. Eh, nah, relatively honest in this regard. Now I'm thinking of all the kind of like the, the frameworks that we're going to end all the frameworks <laughs> and right. We uh, never mind. You uh, got we, Pico Java. And, we're
1: we're honest with everyone except for ourselves.
0: Uh, that's true. That's right. The um but i you know i and i it, Adam, i can't if i told you this but like after i came to join with the ceo who was fired sometime thereafter what i was in a board meeting with him and he's referring to all the stuff as completed that was very much not completed and after the board meeting i'm like what the fuck was that like we you and i both know that we haven't done all those things that you just told the board that we have done he said brian have you ever heard of the the optative voice? Like, where is this going? He's like in 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 Greek, there is the optative voice. And in the optative voice, you refer to something in the future as if it's in the present. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that that is the that is the worst explanation for lying. I mean, it's like you're just lying. Like, You don't have an optative voice in English. There's no there, – there, there's nothing in the verb conjugation. <laughs> like the, the board has – we have lied to the board. You have lied to the board. And I feel like that is – but he definitely had this idea that, like, I can't tell people the truth because the truth is like bad news. And I think when people get really – and God, did, I've definitely seen this in my career too, where people – Start off with something that is like yeah, just kind of like an exaggeration of where we are, and then that and that exaggeration then builds on itself, and the, we now exaggerate on the exaggeration, and then we exaggerate on that, and you get to the point where it's like okay, now we're nowhere near where we actually are, and now we've got like a big lie that needs to be undone. And my belief has always been like we should be, and that's why I kind of think that, and I and call, I think this kind of came up either in. in that the, your tweet earlier, I saw someone else talking about this. The the secrecy of Theranos to me is the w- one of many, but that should have been a red flag to a technologist working at Theranos. You, th- when a company has enshrined secrecy to that level, especially one that's working on a hard technical problem, I think you really need to ask the question: Why are we being
1: secretive about it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but you've got you've got Apple. And then, uh, you know, obviously with, with Elizabeth Holmes' hero, Steve Jobs, but I think that the, the, the company, much more than Apple, that Theranos re- uh, resembled was Next. And, you know, Next, obviously not putting people's, you know, lives or livelihood at risk to the same degree, but, uh, you know, reading about the history of Next, it, it, it really paints a very different picture of the hero entrepreneur of Steve Jobs. It totally does.
0: And and Jobs, I mean, I don't know, have you listened to the Avi Tabanian episode of... Yes, yes,
1: yes. So so this is Bad Blood, uh, the final chapter where John Kerry is is discussing um, kind of new facts in particular as they've come up at trial.
0: Which is great. I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you are as strung out on this thing as I am. This is an episode oh, that came so out like, good. like 36 hours ago. But I was oh, like, yeah. I was looking forward to household chores over the weekend so I could listen to the the, the chest But so they talked to Avi Tabanian, who was a uh, an early whistleblower. They I, he and invested a million bucks in the Theranos. I was on the board. And realize that like this is bullshit. We're not. We're just like we're seeing excuses, not seeing the actual demonstration of the technology. And I thought he was interesting because they talked about Steve Jobs in particular, and he contrasted Jobs to
1: to Elizabeth Holmes. To but to a degree, I found that his his. I mean, so Tuvanian was was at Apple uh, and at Next, and and obviously like a close associate of of Jobs. He he drew comparisons, but I thought. Um, there was a lot of white space that, that he wasn't mentioning. So like, you know, there's a, first there was a lot that he was saying about, um, you know, he, he, uh, on the board of Theranos described, you know, deals and partnerships that were being talked about as being imminently done. Uh, and the next board meeting they were talked about again, as being imminently done. And that certainly felt familiar to me in, in, uh, You know when I was sitting in in the boardroom at Delphix when I was the CTO of that company, and and I'm sure Brian, that sounded very familiar to you from your joint boardroom experience.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, in just like the way you kind of, how do you speak of a deal?
1: That's right. How
0: do you represent a deal?
1: What's the degree to which uh, you know you're you're being optimistic and presenting that optimism to the board, and also feeling some. You know, when when things were not going well, as obviously they weren't at Theranos, and there must have been some realization at some level that they weren't the need to invent the proximity to to revenue or to close deals or to product completion or those kinds of things. But then where where it really diverged was Tavinian's story of um, of smoke and mirrors. I mean, yeah. really, really Wizard of Oz stuff. Well, I love
0: when he was like, "Hey, uh, I'm on the board." You're in this deal. You're in this negotiation that's gone on for like way too many board meetings. Can I like just? I'm just curious. Like, what's the, what's the latest on where we are with those negotiations? And have you gotten to this point in the podcast? Adam, Where?
1: Yeah. S- send me the PDF. Right.
0: Right. He sent me the PDF, and she's like, oh, "No, I can't because like it's in legal.
1: It's like it's, in it's l- like of course, of course, of course, it's in of course legal. It's in legal. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, like a, it's like a legal document that we're like lawyers on both sides are reviewing, presumably. Also, I'm a fiduciary of the company.
0: Like, I get to see whatever I want as a board member. Certainly, like, that's been always my view. It's like, this is like, we should be, and I also kind of feel like, you know, and I don't know if we talked about this explicitly, but I always feel like my litmus test for a CEO is how do you deal with bad news? Because as a CEO, like, you have to deal with bad news. And, like, how do you deal with that bad news? I feel like Elizabeth Holmes does not deal with bad news very well.
1: No, but in in that respect, I mean, Tavanian describes Jobs as being receptive to to yes. you know, his pushback, but but not generally. I mean, and that, and that that is both the reputation, but then also, you know, at Next in particular, he, him being totally immune to the facts or the truth. And then, what did you
0: think about Larry Ellison lurking behind the curtain? <laughs> I, I
1: I'm, I'm glad that some of his money went into Theranos. I don't, not enough though,
0: you know, the, (laughs) the, I mean, you look at, I mean, the thing that, that Cole, the the delightful link that Cole sent out, I mean, this guy, I really admire. I mean, of course, because this is a, this seems like a very earnest boots on ground scientist who's dedicated his life to a company that's kind of being like paved, as you said, like their hype is being stolen. And so he actually shows a list of the investors in, uh, in Theranos. And he's like, you know, it'd be, it would be – I'm not up here to, like, laugh at these people, even though it's, like, very clearly why he's showing you the slide. But you look at who the big investors were, and they were not tech investors. You know, it's like Rupert Murdoch and, you know, uh, Betsy DeVos and, you know, these folks that have really uh, did not and, – and they're investing a colossal amount of money. Oh, my God. I mean – yeah putting in like murdoch put in like what 120 or something that
1: 150 well and then to the degree that they were i mean some of them were still investors but not in tech investors but not biotech investors and actually again again, like like next there was that sort of familiarity with ross perot you know like writing a blank check
0: Okay, so the, actually, this is another good point, Adam, you're the, the kind of the, ro- the Ross Perot of Theranos, because everyone was relying on someone else to do their due diligence, hmm. And it all goes back to that, the professor at Stanford, who was kind of like, everyone was kind of deferring, ultimately, all kind of paths led to him. But just like, how does one do, do, because the, the folks that I knew in Silicon Valley who looked at Theranos were like, no, this is obviously, we're obviously not investing in this. This is, this is not, this is not, this can't work. Um, so I, there, there, there's a certain argument to be said that, like, actually, we you, you can blame lots of things for Theranos, but you probably should not blame venture capital. That's or it's not that simple anyway.
1: Which is not to say that venture capital doesn't have tons of problems, just perhaps not this one.
0: Well, I should to just scroll down to see if our investors are on the call before I. They <laughs> are. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know.
1: And I actually, you know, I I, I do feel
0: that the um I, honestly. Most venture capitalists don't actually want tech risk, and this was clearly a lot of tech risk, um, and so it was it was kind of natural that it was only going to be a fit for kind of certainly for biotech investors. Um, but I think for those that do embrace tech risk as a differentiation, I think those investors are very upfront about what it takes to solve a hard problem. Refreshingly
1: so, honestly. Yeah, but I'm not even sure the degree to which Theranos was presented to these investors as the te- tech risk that it actually was. I mean, I guess that's the heart of the trial to a degree.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the I, I think you're right. It certainly was not presented to, the, to uh, the investors who actually invested. I mean, they felt that they were investing in something that was effectively a done deal. And the more money that was into that company, the more people thought, like, all these people can't
1: possibly be wrong yeah you're right. that that circle of trust that actually had no fundamental like uh, you know connection that, there, it was never grounded anywhere. Right. and I think that you you've got
3: to
0: figure out like when you because this is the challenge when you've got these like these big breakthroughs because you know we've got a a a sibling company of ours funded by also by Eclipse. Cerebrus is doing wafer level silicon and they've done I mean it is an amazing company incredible technical breakthrough but there would have been a lot of people that would have, i i think i feel i would have been among them to say that wafer level silicon is not is something that's going to have, has all these technical issues that are not going to be really resolvable and you know it, you can't actually solve hard technical problems as a startup it's just unusual
1: you know it's interesting because you're right that Theranos, at least ostensibly on its face did have hard technical problems underpinning it whereas you know it you know ellen Powell had this um editorial in the New York Times recently where she was contrasting, you know, WeWork and uh, Uber where there were, I mean, certainly there were familiar problems in those companies, but also different in these regards in the, in the regard that there was some, you know, ostensible technical innovation. uh, at, At least that was the dream.
0: I also feel that the Ellen Powell piece aired in that. I understand what you're trying to say. Terrible headline. It, the piece was actually not as bad as the headline, I, but I feel like it also aired in that, like, you've got a regulator present here. And when you got a regulator present, if it's FAA, if it's FCC, if it's FTC, if it's FDA in this case, and you were going to defraud that regulator, to me, like, you're not, you, like, you're out of the, we work, despite its many other failings, did not attempt, why, why, am, I, why am I defending we work here? But the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> that's the, 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 the gravity of the problem. There is no, re, I mean, there, there's no regulator per se. This is not life and death. It's office space.
1: That's right.
0: And Theranos is life and death, you know? And it's like, it's amazing how badly it worked.
1: Yeah. Which is even, yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's amazing how many people were working at Theranos and how, like broadly that must that secret must have been known, right? Because you're you're working in a place where fundamentally none of the technology is achieving any of what you want. And as as real scientists, by and large, you know that you're circumventing all of the known processes and all of the science and all of the scientific methods that you have, you know, been taught through your, you know, 20, 30 years of education.
0: Yeah, and we got the episode that where they describe going into the lab and discovering that it's like a chicken coop. (laughs) And what was the... They ended up blowing what through the building? There was a... um, uh, I can't remember if it was a reagent, but they ended up basically having this like lab error where they ended up blowing this, this substance through the building that is infamously hard to get out in any kind of biotech setting. I'm sorry, I'm actually... Do you know what I'm talking
1: about? No, no, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Keep, keep humming a
0: few bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Damn it. I know you. I, that's right. You're just watching me drown in front of you. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah.
1: No, sorry. <laughs> was that – that was in the podcast? I, yeah, I, that was I don't in the, that a
0: podcast. One. with it. But just to what you're describing about how people who are coming into this are in – coming from other domains and they know this isn't the right way to do it. And I think that the – I mean, God, it must have been so – Difficult. I mean, it was difficult for those people. They would wash out, and then clearly there was the suicide, which is just, I mean, yeah. horrific. Yeah, absolutely horrific.
1: But but then Sunny deciding that this was actually a software company. Oh god. And maybe that maybe that gets to some of like the the rot of Silicon Valley, where you know, try, with, the, with the the hubris that that like we see all around us of of saying that all of these things are software problems. Um, and that that you know, if only they could they could gather data, gather telemetry, and do predictive machine learning, then the cus- then you know patient outcomes would something something.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's definitely something to this because I also feel like there's this idea that software has this incredible trait that it's malleable after it's done. You know, and yeah. That leads us down this primrose path where we ship it before it's ready, because oh, we can just like upgrade ourselves into a functioning system, and that's powerful but dangerous, you know. Because you have this idea that you can be because like the one that I look at this as a an example of where I'm worried that software thinking is infecting other domains, is with the seven thirty seven Max, mm, right. Where you, that just feels like a fake it till you make it, move fast and break things kind of thing from a company that's been developing aircraft for, you know, whatever it is, 80, 90 years. And it's like, I feel like, is software making you worse? I'm so sorry. Are we, got, are we, are we vectors for some terrible disease that we're spreading? I mean, don't,
1: don't you feel that way all the time when you get your new internet enabled toaster oven? And like it's down because of a software update. Don't you feel like this is the opposite of progress? It it
0: does feel that way, and it does feel that like. And I I feel like we're we're still like grappling with this kind of this other thing that is software that is neither. It, it's it's neither pure information nor nor pure machine. It's this like this paradox in the middle, and I feel like there's all these like outgrowths of us not understanding that, and one of them is. Is the seven thirty seven Max and and Theranos thinking that like software is magically going to solve what is like no this is a physical problem this is not gonna, you're not going to solve a microfluidics problem with software you know I feel like they had that idea
1: I, I, I think as ludicrous as it sounds I think that was almost verbatim the the operating plan was to pull
0: signal out of what is basically it's like it's interstitial fluid it's a it also can I just get this off my chest. Like, I hate pinpricks. I hate finger sticks. <laughs> like, I... This is a part of just, like, the business plan that I didn't understand. Like, I would do a blood draw before doing a finger stick. Am I the only person who feels that way?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the the invented um, genesis of Theranos being Elizabeth Holmes being afraid of needles... Um you know, I think that one really sticks in my craw too. This, the, you know, kind of not enough to have the hero entrepreneur, but also the hero entrepreneur solving this, this point of vulnerability.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Point of vulnerability, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. That like, she's like, it it, like triggers your own mirror neurons.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can I blame you for solving this, you know, this deep ingrained, uh, you know, animal brain kind of uh, right,
0: God, yeah, you're right, because then she also has, like, the uncle who died of cancer that she liked to right. talk about and how he right. would have been saved by – it's like, God, really – I mean, come
1: on. But, but, but this also gets to, like, I mean, some of the, the – I don't know, what I think of is the, the problem or the challenge of entrepreneurship and, and uh, the Bay Area of, of the hero entrepreneur, of the person who looks like Steve Jobs or, or Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos – and And you you also wonder for for the for this Elizabeth Holmes, how many folks uh were of the same makeup and the same you know scientific acumen, which is to say pretty minimal, but just didn't quite manage to raise you know a million or ten million or a hundred billion or a billion dollars <laughs> right. Because the, there's got to be tons of them, right? Like a, a, the ground is probably thick with them around Palo Alto.
0: I mean, UBeam, you Ubiome. You I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I was rattling them off earlier. Were you not listening? You know, I you paying attention? <laughs> yes. No, I think I think you're right. And I when I think that we, that we are this is the other thing is that I feel like when they are modeling themselves over what they perceive is just to your point, Adam, about the the these kind of myths being dangerous. And I think founding myths are very dangerous in companies. And you like the, Holmes is modeling herself off of a myth of Jobs, like she's never she never worked with Steve Jobs. Doesn't uh, what, what she's modeling herself off of is what she perceives to be key to his success, and that stuff like that. I mean, I personally believe that Jobs's secrecy made him less successful, not more successful.
1: Yeah, I mean, also shares a trait with Jobs of his incuriosity about history <laughs> and the assumption that his own experience was, you know, replicatable to everybody else.
0: Right, exactly. That this is, the, that if I, if I it would, she didn't she like want to hire Johnny Ive or something to do this? She,
1: she was, I think I, I remember this from the book vaguely, but certainly the, the look of the product f- sounding uh, very familiar with the Steve Jobs fascination with like the foot by foot cube and the particular matte black that was, <laughs> right. You know, unmanufacturable. <laughs>
0: unmanufacturable map Black. You know, and I feel like the first time I really encountered Theranos as like a uh, critically was Jean-Louis Gasset. So do you did you do you remember this?
1: No, I do remember Jean-Louis Gasset.
0: Okay, so Jean-Louis Gasset at Apple and then founded B and was uh, has a – I can't remember what the, the, um, the, the health issue is, but needs to have regular blood draws. So he sees Theranos. He's like, all right, this is like a – I'll go check this out. This sounds good. And so he has this blog where he just kind of describes various things, and he, he described his total check-in-the-mail goose chase of trying to use this thing. And it was pretty clear that, like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Like, it was, it was just very clear that, that this is actually not. This is being just totally misrepresented. And there were really good blog entries. Um, so it'd be interesting to get his perspective on on all of this. Um, having insight. I mean, being willing to like try the new thing is really important. But boy, you've got to be, uh, you, you've got to be, reality centric.
1: Yeah, and, and to your point earlier, but I mean, just candid. In terms of the efficacy and the state of the product, but, you know what I mean I know that we we sort of live with busted-ass software all the time, but at least folks often have the dignity of, of calling it beta software. At least you, you, at least they give you that. At least when you're using Gmail for a decade, Google has told you it's a beta. <laughs> Are you in the it,
0: root, I think and it' like look good on him. To hey, listen, you know, sun's shining, make hay but he definitely at one point like just vilifies the term beta.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, we have a, we have a process for that. It's like a, you know, double bind controlled experiment that we would publish in a journal and then report the results. Um, I mean, maybe the fervor around like an mRNA vaccine was so high that people would have taken the beta products sight unseen. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad I got the, the post beta version.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's so obviously yes, it's important to not have the beta version because we don't have the ability to but I also think it's a, it's a little I me mean, again, I, I, I'm conflicted about software because I do I, I don't think we should wait until software is perfect to make it available when, well, when it's and, Gmail
1: and when it's never perfect. right. Right.
0: I mean, so you, you you want to have the ability to improve it over time, but but you've got to have. But that that's not appropriate for all use cases, and that's not especially when you've got lives on the line. I think that is the bit that is just like. And I feel the same. We're seeing this right now with Tesla, right? And the I mean, I, I feel that the, the what is unconscionable to me about autopilot is its name. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, yeah. Like, you literally have Tesla has what would be the safest car on the planet if they represented
1: it properly you mean like if you kept your hands on the wheel yeah. or something yeah if like right. you have to
0: drive this thing like you have to drive any other car oh by the way this thing will if you have a heart attack at the wheel this is the only thing that's going to pull over when i mean this is like we, we, we are not going to represent this as something that drives for you we're going to represent this as a technology that makes you safer
1: uh, this is a great analog because you know there's the there's the case I think the care you talked about with uh, the Uber automated, I mean a- autonomous um driving yeah, car oh, killing a pedestrian, you know, killing a jaywalker because the notion of jaywalking, uh, you know, talking about West Coast culture was not was not built into this system. Um and, and I do wonder the degree to which, you know, when if we see a more software-oriented fraud perpetrated along these lines if it's not going to be in autonomous vehicles you know just because there there is real science there and i think that we are all being a little bit hasty in this regard
5: well
0: we are and it's like people you look at like tesla's position around not using lidar which basically boils down to an economic argument that it's gonna make the car too expensive it's like um okay well then maybe let's not go it an autopilot <laughs>
1: that's, that's right that's right i mean I, I mean i'm willing to pay a lot for my, nar- my car not to roll over anyone well
0: and i just i do feel like this is the other kind of failure mode you see is like the economics are and this is why like doing something new and doing something innovative is really hard because the economics are an important part and you can't ignore the economics and you also can't ignore especially if you're gonna do something that is going to be safety critical you definitely can't ignore the safety and you know i think that the um the, I mean, I don't know. God, the Anthony. Have you look into like the Anthony Lewandowski behavior at Google when he was at Google? He almost killed. He almost killed one of his own engineers. Where okay. they? He? If you, you should look into this incident. This is like so distressing, and so this is the guy. I recall that he totally crooked. Uh, he misrepresented his company, or the, I, I mean, this, wa- is, this
1: is Waymo, or
0: what? This is um auto sold to Uber. Oh right. So he is at Google, he then leaves Google, he starts auto, sells it to Uber for like 600 million bucks. It turns out he stole a bunch of Google IP. And this is the guy who tried to claim the fifth in their in a trade secrets case, which is like he definitely, definitely can't do. Um, Judge Alsop ordered Uber to fire him and they refused to do it. But the, oh um, well, ultimately they actually acceded and he was fired. But this, he was, I mean, it ends with him being pardoned by Trump. Sorry to really, this is all ringing a bell.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've i been <laughs> asleep for the last four years. So.
0: Okay, God, did you really miss – did you, in you know, everything else to be upset about, did you miss being upset about this? This is extremely upsetting. Yeah,
1: me. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I, I took a pass on being upset about this. Okay. Like, but
0: now – You should get upset about this. So this is the uh, – so You got me there. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 I think we're going to get you there. <laughs> not, not enough. <laughs> not, not enough. We're going to get – no, so he the, the basically committed larceny at Google and ultimately was – I mean, went to jail, and then, but, but, and was pardoned because, uh, be, and that pardon actually—you if you want everything that's wrong with Silicon Valley? The fact that people in Silicon Valley were lobbying for that pardon is
1: gross as hell. So I, I do remember this now, saying that, like, you know, this, uh, this is a miscarriage of justice because people should be able to take risks and should be able to play fast and loose with some of these things.
0: Okay, I think Anthony Lewandowski bothers me more than Elizabeth Holmes. Fight me, huh? So, well, okay, no, go ahead. Fight me.
1: I think I think so. I'm, I'm it's hard to fight through a Trump pardon. I'll just put that. On the table. <laughs> I, okay, there you go. I got it. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but the, you know, the, the number of people impacted by Theranos is, is pretty, pretty tough to beat. And the duration of the fraud is also pretty impressive. Okay, so to be, but, yep, but maybe okay. we need some kind of bracket, like NCAA, NCAA style tournament. Oh, this is a great of, idea! A March, a,
5: a, a, of, of,
1: a mar- of, of fraudster, a, a March
0: Madness of Silicon Valley fraudsters. Oh, this is great. <laughs> No, I think they're definitely. So you're saying that is a final four matchup, is what you're trying to say?
1: You, oh, oh, definitely. Right, definitely.
0: Right. Like it could go anyway. Those are one seeds. Yeah, absolutely. Right, they're both coming in as one seeds. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, they're they're definitely high seeds. Um, and then so so I, just to like so I get the whole bracket. So are we putting like U-Biome and Ubeam? Are they coming in as like are are, are they do they have a play in game?
1: Those th- oh, there's like some. Those are a Cinderella story. <laughs>
0: Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. Okay. Because they're in my bracket, I I, I got I, I got you being going all the way, so I'm really excited. Wow. Yeah, well, okay, you know, cool. exactly. Cool. I'm not putting any money on it, but the, yeah. um, No, okay. I like your 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 bracket of crookedness. So, okay. So the on here's why I think this. So one, I think that you say that I think Lewandowski did more harm than Holmes because this thing so doesn't work that it was never going to clear the end of the runway. And I mean, I know John Kerry Rue like rightfully thinks that he cracked this whole thing open, which is true to a degree, but he cracked this whole thing open because a, a blogger who was following it much more closely basically gave him everything. And I I think that it was never going to
1: work, you know? You mean, uh, I, I guess you're, you're saying the fact that it was never going to work is sort of a, a point... I guess in favor or yeah, yeah, no,
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> he, 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 it's, in this tournament. Its lack of plausibility meant that it was you weren't just gonna you just weren't gonna be able to test that many people because it like literally doesn't work at all.
3: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, hey, hey Brian, can I can I nominate a couple? Members?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, so where are, are uh, these high seeds, low seeds? Where are they? You have to you have to just reveal what uh, you think their seeds are when you nominate them.
3: Okay, so so um, pretty low down, uh, Solyndra.
0: You know, okay, so um, I was wondering about Solyndra. So, Land, explain Solyndra for people who have not heard of Solyndra.
3: Well, Solyndra was a, was a rooftop solar company um, that had a pretty good technology. Um, they spent a lot of money on R&D. Uh, they did produce a working product, um, but they – you know they came into the market right at the time that rooftop solar was crashing in price. Uh, a lot of Chinese manufacturing coming online, really high volume. Um, so I don't actually know if they were if they were corrupt, but they certainly got labeled as as corrupt because, yeah, uh, you know they took a lot of government money. Yes, they took um, a lot of government money. They had some some high profile politically connected. Um, uh, investors on both sides of the aisle um, so uh, I knew some really good engineers who work there um, and I like I wouldn't accuse them of of corruption or you know faking it um, until they make it um, I thought they were doing their best it's just you know not every product uh, uh, makes it in the marketplace and sometimes companies fail
0: that's an early exit they, the tournament I gotta tell you I don't know. I just don't <laughs> think. I, I, I don't know, Adam. I don't think they're going to go deep. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think. I don't think they've got the longevity this year. Maybe next.
0: year. <laughs> Maybe next
3: year. That'll right. <laughs> be well, a lot more crooked. So, the, so then the other one, and I will take my answer offline because this is going to get a lot of heat. But tether. Oh
0: yes, yes, definitely. Oh Well, and I feel okay. Yes, I mean I know that the, and just in general, like the book is not yet written on crypto and when we 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 are going to need to wait i mean this is like the the, this is the warren buffett line right you don't know who is wearing swimsuits until the water goes out and i feel like the water has not yet gone out on crypto i don't know what you but has has tether failed yet land i'm not like
3: within within the next 24 hours it certainly could
0: hasn't that been true for like the last four years i have definitely thought that for the last four years (laughs)
3: Well, I feel like with this um, Evergrande situation, which may or may not be directly related to it, but it's certainly uh, certainly peripheral. Adam, do you know anything about Tether? It.
1: Lynn, you should explain Tether because I, I think – No, yeah. I'm just looking it up now. No, I'd love to hear about <laughs> it. All
3: right. So, so like Tether is – it's not exactly a crypto. It's, it's what they call a stable coin, which is to say that it, <laughs> um, it's a crypto coin whose price is permanently pegged one-to-one with the U.S. dollar which right there means it doesn't do anything right it doesn't like it's it doesn't go up in value it doesn't go down in value if you invest in it it doesn't matter because prices totally stable the thing that it's good for and the only reason it exists is to um, act as an intermediary between US dollars and and these fluctuating Bitcoin uh, uh, cryptos like Bitcoin right so so basically the way it works is if you want to buy Bitcoin, you put your dollars into tether and they give you tethers at a one-to-one rate.
0: Right. Just to be clear, you give it. me your dollars. I take your
1: money. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Now I'm out a hundred bucks. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay, good. Right. Next.
3: Then they give you tether and then you use your tether to buy your Bitcoin. And then you play the Bitcoin market and it goes up and down, and whatever. If you want to get out of Bitcoin, you trade your Bitcoins for Tether, and then you trade your Tether for dollars. And then you're out. of the
1: So how is this different than when I go to the, like the, the amusement park and I take <laughs> my money and I put it into the machine and it gives me tokens that I can only use at the amusement park?
3: So here's how it's different, which is that Tether is totally invested in self-promotion, which means they're doing all these sorts of things where it's like... Uh, <laughs> if, if <you're> <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if you do all these transactions, they'll give you free Tether. If you get your friends to sign up, they'll give you a free tether. Like, everything you do, they'll give you free tether. And then you take those tethers and you pump them into the Bitcoin, and then the price of Bitcoin goes up and up. And so now, like, there's a huge amount of tether that's been issued. It's not, it, it, like, it's not clear how much money they have. Because at first they said that all their tether are backed up one-to-one with U.S. dollars. Then they admitted that's not true. Then they said they're holding some commercial paper. Then they said their commercial paper may not be any good. Um, so, like, it appears to me that the sole purpose of Tether is to break the linkage between dollars and bitcoins, so that you can you can do things with Bitcoin without, like, but without feeling the, the, without feeling it in your dollars for now.
1: Well, this might be kind of a sleeper pick in the tournament. I do like the shell game. I do like the evolving story. I think that's got a lot of traction.
3: Oh yeah. And they've been like, like, like the story has definitely been, been evolving. I think for a long time, Tether was saying they wouldn't even disclose who their, uh, who their principals were. Um, uh, they, like, Always like good like just, Yeah. They, they won't disclose where their money is or, or, or where it's held, and then they just constantly do things like, like you know, they push a couple buttons on their keyboard. They generate another billion dollars worth of tether. Five hundred million of that goes into a Bitcoin investment. The other five hundred million, no one quite knows where that went. I'm
0: saying they're here to play. They can go deep.
3: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So, but I,
0: but the thing about Tether is that it has been, and Tether is obviously extremely vulnerable to any run on Bitcoin. Will presumably capsize Tether. But they seem to have defied gravity for so long that – this is the problem. Like, things, they, they, these things, irrational rational – and this is true for Theranos, too. Theranos went on for way longer than it should have. and But when these things correct, they correct way faster than anyone thinks possible. So I don't know, Land. Do you think, you think Tether is, is – uh, Tether's in trouble?
3: Well, you know, my brothers and I always say that um... – the market, the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay liquid.
0: Yeah, that's and, that's the old Keynesism, and it's it's definitely true.
3: Yeah, and I, um, uh, I mean, I would love to take a, a short position on Tether, but I, I, I looked into it a little bit, and and the only currency denomination of a short investment you can take on Tether is, is Tether. Um, uh, you know, it's in tether currency. I mean, you have um, to admire that at some level.
0: That's an act of genius. <laughs> I, I mean, there is there's a, there's a dark genius there somewhere.
3: Yeah. I mean, this thing could crash in the next 24 hours. It could crash 10 years from now. I, I have no idea.
4: Um, you know, I Isn't about- there a lawsuit going on to crash it from the government?
3: The, I, last I heard, the government said they were going to look into whether or not it needed regulation. Um, I, um, I hadn't heard. You know,
0: exactly. uh, this is one of these things. I just like, please, God, let me you know. My my seventeen year old has been working in a job. Like, please, let you not be investing your proceeds from your job into. But you know, maybe there's only one way to learn. There's only one way to learn. And, and you know, having lost harder uh, money.
3: There are several ways to learn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's I, I tell this good back, and I I think that there are. Um, but so the, the and sorry, just not to get us back too much on on Lewandowski, but I just wanted to, to wrap up this this Prius thing. So the he Google felt the Prius was unsafe for highway speeds, Adam, and Lewandowski more or less he just secretly. Had the thing drive at highway speeds and it got into an accident and almost killed the engine, oh almost killed the engineers in there. Oh my goodness! Just in terms of like and like that is so I do feel that 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 is worse because there's a level at which like it's worse because it's more plausible. I do feel that way, and yet it's still just as dangerous.
1: Yeah, this uh, this bleak bracket. The more entrance I start thinking about, <laughs>
0: right? Uh, if, you, if you heard a company called a Better Place no they spent a that was a uh, I think they burned through like I want to say 800 million dollars in capital which is a large number
1: yeah that's impressive <laughs> yeah
0: exactly well it's like how do you get the 800th million that's the re- that, like that's the real question when someone burns through that kind of capital no they were going to make a um, they had this idea. That instead of recharge, so you got a car, it's an electric car. You want to recharge the battery? Um, wouldn't it be great if if you could just swap the battery out with the charged battery?
1: Uh, I I read about is this an Israeli company? It's an Israeli company, about this. yeah. I read about this in the Economist like a billion years ago. Yeah.
0: Did you read about it in obituary?
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I read about it in births. I think. <laughs> do you do you read the Economist regularly? Uh, I did before I had a four-year-old, Fair. or, or uh, a second child.
0: Do you read obituary?
1: <laughs> I did, yeah, back in the day. Okay, good. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I already I've proselytized obituary to you. Yeah, the obituary well, is it is it is obituary in the Economist is definitely the best part. Of so part that I miss about the Economist. I've, I'm I'm with you on the whole. Kids and the Economist sadly don't mix. It's tough. It's it's tough. Somehow the kid is into the Economist, which I, I do not seem to have any of those. Nope. <laughs> all
1: right so, so, so what about, yeah sorry go
3: ahead uh, what about that juice company Ooh, oh juicero. Juicero.
1: juicero you know what my what yeah. am my, i i got to share one of my greatest regrets so as i was sitting on a san francisco bus the person across from me had a juicero backpack and i, I thought it. the whole bus ride <laughs> about offering that person whatever it would take to get that backpack and i and i will always regret not making that offer it is, um,
0: Adam, I, you know, I, I want to make it easier on you, but I just can't. I, I, no, I it was
1: just a mistake I have to live with. It's a mistake you gotta live
0: with. And I, like, we, we can't undo that. You know what I mean? No, like that's, it's made and it's something you're going to bear forever. But a Juicero backpack, man, that would have been, I mean, I don't want to like
1: sharpen the I, dagger here. I, I am upset, I feel terrible. Yeah. God, It would have been like, that, was it a good looking backpack? It was fine. It was fine. It was not like an A tier swag, but like, obviously like, you know. Well, and Juicero
0: had, had – that guy had – I mean that, this is where you also get into trouble with people who've made a bunch of money, and they go to start the next thing. Um, and this is where you get like the melt. Come to the melt. Do you ever go to the melt?
1: Oh, yeah. I go to the melt all the time. Venture – my venture-funded <laughs> grilled cheese. Venture-funded grilled sure. cheese. For sure.
0: Because yeah, the guys so had so. – had, yeah, we he had sold Flip for whatever it was, $600-plus to Cisco, which made no sense. Do you remember Flip?
1: Uh, This was like the video streaming device, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a
0: really nice device, actually. And sold that to Cisco for... Like, why is Cisco buying it? Cisco, like, three months later, is like, why did we buy this? Where was I on... I kind of remember I... The last thing I remember is like we were at the bar together and then I woke up with flip. What happened?
1: The most sober explanation I heard of that, I think, you know, when we were actually selling stuff to, uh, at Delphix, we were selling stuff to Cisco at the time. They're like, well, you know, streaming video, a lot of network bandwidth. And I was like, uh huh. And like, can you actually, can you finish <laughs> that sentence for me? Because okay. <laughs> I see okay. sort of where you're going, but okay, can you just, just, I know I'm being a little dumb here, but just finish the picture. Just walk me through. I
0: know, it makes no sense. Yeah. And so, but then the, I do feel like this is the success teaches you nothing department where you've got people that have, ma- especially if they've made their investors a lot of money. If you've made your investors a lot of money, they're going to fund the next thing, no matter how, like obviously wrong it is. And that's where people lose a lot of money. I feel is when it's that second thing, because the, the there's a degree to which an entrepreneur is like this. I mean, <laughs> Uh actually we got a friend of ours who may name nameless that who worked for a company that was this this guy that had two successful companies and he was on his third. And I'm like, that is not necessarily good. That could be very, very dangerous because this person thinks that starting a company is not hard. And that company imploded. Because it wasn't that it's was like I don't get why this doesn't seem that hard. It's like, no no, it's actually it's it's really, really, really hard. Especially if you're solving a hard technical problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, are right, anyone else on in your bracket, Adam?
1: Uh, you know what? I don't know that I got anyone else who came to play with with the Juiceros and uh, and you know the the stool samplers. You buy them. <laughs> yeah, the Cinderella story. Come on, you buy them. That's right. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I have anyone who came to play with those those big boys.
0: Okay, so then the next question is for. As technologists, what would be some of the warning signs that you would look for? That, like, I actually think this compelling vision, but I don't think this company is real.
1: Oh, you nailed it on transparency, right? Because because the the there are ostensible reasons for se- for secrecy, but the most urgent reason for secrecy is secrets, right? The, for for, uh, for uh, knowing yeah. for, for for you know for there being aspects of the product that are deceptive or that aren't working or where the truth is, is harmful for the company. So, I I mean, I, 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 Apple is the elephant in the room. Um, but you know, I can't, I can't think of any other company that, that where, where secrecy has been done in some sort of like notionally healthy way, which is to like forgive Apple in ways that I'm, not really ready to
0: yeah and i think that it to those especially outside of um i mean i know most of us in here are inside of tech but for those outside of tech they may not realize that like even someone refusing to tell you the details of what they're working on for fear of uh, of industrial espionage that's a total red flag like ideas are we are at a point where the hard problems are not stealable
1: yeah in particular in software technology right uh that that may be different if you're at like a battery materials company or something, where the materials you're using could give away the game. I'd, I'd imagine. I say but no, the... no, no, no.
0: I okay, say no, no no, 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 no. I say no. I this is my problem with Intel and Optane, right? Intel was always super secretive about Optane. They would never tell us how it worked. It's it's presumably phase change memory, but we never really got details on it. And as it turns out, like. That was a problem. That secrecy, as, and Adam, I like the way you phrase it, that like the purpose of secrecy is often the secrets. That secrecy was a real problem. So no, I actually think that in, in in okay, fine, I'm an oversharer, but I actually think that that transparency, we should seek that in all domains. I think that's always a red flag.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Other one has got to be board composition. Hmm. And this is the one, Cole, you, you're, the, the Professor Gold, uh, Dr. Gold, flashed this in his presentation that, that you linked to. I think this is another big one. I think you got to look, whenever you are at a company that's taking a big swing, solving a hard problem, you need to look at that board to see, do, does this board understand what's involved
1: in a hard problem? Yeah, but does this, this board make sense for the, for the problem and the space and the market? Because... I mean, you see these companies that do have these celebrity boards, and... You know, I'm sure they're good for marketing material, but they're not good for actually guiding the company, especially on, as they face these technical challenges.
0: They are not good. And a, in particular, a board, when you're solving a hard problem, you're going to need to deal with a lot of disappointment as a board. You're just going to – things are hard. That's what it is. It's a hard problem. If you're not doing disappointment, it wasn't a hard problem. But for a hard problem, the, there's going to be disappointment, and you want a board going that has been there, has seen it, and knows how to grind through it, and knows how to be, be – and hitting that right balance between positivity and optimism and realism. So what do you think about – so Adam, should people, when they're looking at board composition, do you think they, they – because that's one thing I had heard recently, that people, when they're looking at a new job, should ask to speak to the board.
1: Huh. Like to to, to all of them? I
0: don't know. You know, it was kind of left open like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: Um That's an interesting one. I, I, You know, I, I think I've always – or I think for a lot of positions, that feels like a big ask. That feels like kind of a – I mean, especially now that I've like worked with the board in a couple of different capacities, you know, uh, it, um, it, it, you know, it's sort of like, do you really want me to ask to, you know, spend one of my bullets that way? I mean, I can, right? Um, but but they feel like bullets, um, and and I don't. And it's interesting. I mean, you know, what's? I think it's an interesting idea, but what's that going to get you? You know, unless unless you're really crisp about what you're going to ask those folks and how you're going to interpret those. Because, um, you know, boards are very important for companies, but they're not day-to-day operating the company. And they're not even day-to-day thinking about the company. For a lot of boards and a lot of board members, they're thinking about the company every six to eight weeks, you know, maybe 24 hours in advance to the board meeting when the you know, CEO frenetically is sending out slides at two in the morning.
0: It's first of all, it's not two in the morning. I'll thank you to know that it's one fifteen. So it is not.
1: But please, we're, we're civilized okay. around here. I, I, for what it's worth, I was talking about me. Yes. There, there
0: you go. Exactly. Uh, okay. So he, here is the the question. Though I think you're right, and you've got to be very focused. And the and I agree with you that it's generally like if someone asked us for this, so we would do it. It would definitely be a little bit like, all right, like what are you asking? The question to ask, I feel, is what are, this is a company that's solving a hard technical problem, what are their next milestones from your perspective on the board?
1: Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, Seeing if they both, you know, on both sides are are clear clarity on that point. that's exactly
0: right for that exact reason. To see if like, hey, you know what, I talked to your board and their idea of your next milestone and your idea of your next milestone are not related to one another. And that would be a big red flag. That would be a big problem.
1: Yeah, And and a place to tease out if there is being an overly optimistic translation going on from presumably the technical work that you have have come to an understanding about and what's being presented to the board.
0: Yes. Now, I think at much more boots on ground, I think you, as someone looking to join a company, you should demand total transparency. And if you're not getting that, that's a a big problem. Yeah. And I think... So do you think you should... I mean, like... You almost want to get into, like, their GitHub issues. You really want to get, like, you want to get dirty, I feel. In terms of evaluating companies. Yeah. In, terms in, terms of, th-
1: in particular with regard to, to whether they're being fraudulent? Well,
0: yeah, I'm just, like, trying to put myself in the position of someone who is, like, evaluating something that sounds like a Theranos or might be a Theranos. Like, how do you how do you prevent yourself from either investing in that or investing in that? With, in many ways, we're all investing in these companies because we're investing it with our time. Mm-hmm. Right, I see we're it's speaking time I think we're we're, get, we're getting a little bit over here Adam I, I do want to ask you uh, just predictions not just the bracket predictions of course I, I still think that you biome can actually go the distance and can surprise us all does <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Holmes go to jail
1: I think so I think so I think it's gonna be like a, I think the question is for for how long but but um, but yeah I, th- I think she's going to jail I think they're going to be able to demonstrate that she had uh, you know uh, an awareness that she was committing fraud it wasn't just a silicon valley over optimism or you know S- svengali defense how about you what do you think I think
0: she's going to jail I do agree with that I think that there's I mean I mean good god if she's, I mean this is like no consequences for anything but then I think as we will ultimately need to be upset and trolled, she'll be pardoned by some future
1: Joker. No. Well, this is a terrible prediction. That, but no, that's... no, I, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. But,
0: <laughs> but I mean, can you imagine? anyway, yeah. It, it's, I,
1: but then she'll be be president it, and pardon herself. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Oh my God. That is chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Would right now like I feel like that is it just feels way too plausible, all
1: right? Yeah, all right. With that, right, on thought. that happy
0: thought, uh, President Elizabeth Holmes, pardon yourself, Lord, save us all. I'm talking next time.
1: Thanks, everyone.